You know, uh, <clears throat> still does. <laughs> That's true. All right. Uh, thank you. All right. Uh, but uh, we are talking about uh, the first part of that armor that we have. You know, uh, the mind uh, is the primary battlefield on which uh, spiritual warfare is fought or waged. You know, therefore, so since that's the case, our spiritual defense comes down to what we believe and what we think. Uh, you know, you have, uh, your mind is very much a battlefield where you're going back and forth. If our mind is filled with truth about God, uh, if our mind is filled with truth about ourselves, about who we're fighting against, then we're prepared to withstand against the fiery darts of, of the devil and against those lies and the deceit of Satan. And when we have truth, uh, it makes a giant difference in our life. And um, let me have you read, uh, Richard, I don't worry because I'm out of order on these. But if you're looking in Ephesians 6 and verse 14, it says, Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Today we're talking about our loins girt about with truth. And uh, it doesn't use the word in there, but this would be uh, like a belt. Uh, and I think if you go back one, Richard, I don't know, I was out of order here. Or forward one, forward one, you're good, you're good in the right way. Go ahead, one more. Uh, here's more or less what this belt looks like. It's not like the belt like we use today. Some of these actually would be a little bit wider than this too. Uh, and they'd have uh, these uh, strips of leather hanging down also. Uh, but sometimes they'd be wider, be a fatter belt than we wear. I'm glad we don't have to wear it. Like it's, it's more or less like a girl. I remember in one wedding, uh, I had to wear a, what is those? It starts with cummerbund. Yeah, cummerbund. And I'm like, why am I wearing this fat thing here? And it just looks so weird. I was, I think I was in the seventh or eighth grade when I would do it in a wedding. And I'm like, this is so, and it, it would never stay. It either was up, high, or low. I'm like, this just doesn't feel right. Uh, but that's a lot of times what these would be like. And that's what, so you just get a visual picture of, of what these, uh, uh, what they're wearing here. When we're talking about here, the belt of truth, uh, you know, <clears throat> we've, I've tried to tie in a little bit of, of different, we're talking about spiritual warfare, different battles and wars and things that happen in history. When the former Soviet Union began to crumble, uh, those that were uh, leading the, the dissolution or trying to get away from it and separate from the, the Soviet Union, uh, they did not rely on uh, fighting with, with explosive arms uh, for victory, but on the power of truth. And leaders of that revolution, uh, by the name of, I'm going to butcher these because they're from uh, where Czechoslovakia is today, but Vaclav Havel and Alexander Slovenstein. Anyways, close enough. <clears throat> they were convincing their followers that truth was more powerful than the sword. And uh, uh, an author talked about their methods. Uh, Sol Solzhen, damn, this Alexander, there we go. Alexander talked about this in his noble uh, speech. He wrote, one word of truth outweighs the entire world. And as he and the other leaders of what was known as the Velvet Revolution knew there was only two ways for them to bring down the might of the Soviet Union and the tyranny that they were created. Uh, one was either to trump them with their force physically, but they had no way to do that. It was impossible for them to do that. The other way was to counter physical force with moral, uh, with staking their stand on the conviction that truth would outweigh lies and that whole machinery of propaganda, deception, terror would come falling down around them. And of course, if you know anything about that and study history, excuse me, <clears throat> they chose truth. Of course, they couldn't fight. Uh, they didn't have enough to overpower the Soviet Union, but they used truth. And the unthinkable happened. One night they won. And uh, because of the truth that they uh, displayed against the Soviets. You know, we've already seen that Satan very much is the father of lies. We talked about that last week. 
He relies on lies and deception to accomplish his goals and getting us messed up, to getting us our thinking off, to get us turned away from God. And that's really all he wants to do. Does not to destroy us, just turning us away from God. And uh, he deceives and divides in order to destroy. And it wouldn't surprise you that the very first elements in the armor that Paul lists here is the, the, this, uh, this truth. Loins girt about with truth, this belt of truth. Only by knowing and standing in the truth can we know that the devil is telling a lie. If you don't know what the truth is, you can't tell if something is a liar or deception. You have to be grounded in truth. And uh, if you're going to protect yourself and stand against the attempts of Satan to divide and destroy, you have to have truth. And as we get into the details of this armor, uh, it will become evident uh, that you put on the armor of God. When you put on the armor of God, it's like you're putting on Jesus Christ himself. And uh, Jesus Christ. Anyways, have you ever seen that one? You got one person? Okay, no. Anybody else? Okay. No one's ever seen that guy? Uh, he said, the armor of truth, Jesus Christ. Anyways, uh, you got to look it up. It's a, it was an excellent watch. All right. Uh, yeah, see? All right, good. I got a witness. Thank you, John. Uh, it is not all vain, the stuff that's on YouTube, all right? Uh, but Paul wrote in Romans 13, 14, it says, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. You know, everything that the armor represents uh, is Christ. We, it represents truth. We talk about righteousness, the peace of God, uh, faith, salvation, and of course the living word of God, the sword of the spirit. All those things are representations of Jesus. And when you're taking those things, you are literally putting on Jesus Christ. And... Uh, we, we, we see that in, in Romans 13, which is again, Paul here and Paul again writing Ephesians here, uh, clothed in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are clothed in the armor of God, but it's our responsibility to put on those things. Like I said, God has uh, equipped us with everything we need to fight against the devil, but it's like having a weapon that's there, but we don't do anything with it. We just see it. It's sitting there. Great. Someone comes to break in our house. I got a gun right there, but hey, come on in. That's not doing us any good. That's the same way God has given us everything we need. Whether or not we do anything with it is a whole other story. And uh, it's our responsibility to do that. Um, let me pray and then we'll get into uh, this talking about the belt of truth. Heavenly Father, we love you. Great for the word of God. Great for the wisdom and uh, the understanding that is inside of it. God, I pray that we take it, apply it to our life, God. I pray that we take the truth uh, that you've given to us, God. I pray that we'd be grounded in that truth, understanding right and wrong, God. Uh, not judging by what we feel, but God, what is uh, what is truth, God? And we get so messed up in that, God. This world is so messed up by, by choosing by feeling and not by truth. God, fill me with your wisdom, Holy Spirit. Help me to say the correct things and say them clearly, God. Uh, we love you so much in your name. Amen. So uh, we were wondering why we need this belt of truth. Uh, so uh, point number one is the purpose of this belt of truth. Um, if you want to turn, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you go to a few different places. Uh, if you look at 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1. Uh, the purpose of the belts of truth. Uh, you know, if a Roman soldier uh, needed to do uh, any type of movement, um, he would, uh, you know, they would wear uh, not quite a robe like what we're thinking, but it's, it's, uh, it'd be more, uh, you'd say almost like a tunic in a sense, but it would be a long robe that would go down, usually past their knees. And not that I've ever worn one, uh, may or may not have, I can't, I, those pictures have been destroyed. Uh, for a stupid skit we did way back in the day. I say they're destroyed until Adam Marujo came and brought a picture. I said, what are you doing, man? Destroy that thing. Burn it. What are you, why would you keep that? Uh, 
So if, if he has that, it's a fake. It got photoshopped. It's not me in that picture, all right? Uh, but... If you ever tried to run, I'm sure ladies are wearing a dress. If you've ever tried to run a dress, that's not the most convenient thing to do. Uh, and so what they would do is if they were ever trying to move, especially as, a, as uh, uh, someone who's in battle, they would gather up the folds of this and tuck them inside of the belt. And they would almost make it to where it's more like shorts that they're wearing, uh, which is a lot easier, obviously, to run than those. And the soldier uh, would do the same, uh, making sure his robe or uh, maybe even like a toga that they would wear uh, did not impede his progress. Uh, the process of this would be known as girding up one's loins and to free them from obstacles. For the spiritual application, Peter wrote uh, in 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, he says, uh, Wherefore, uh, gird up, I have the beginning, but I don't have the whole verse. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end of the uh, end for the grace that is brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. He says, gird up the loins of your mind. Uh, that is to get rid of those things which clutter the mind and distract us from the task of knowing and applying the truth. Sometimes we have so many things that uh, are cluttering us, things that are impeding us from knowing the truth. He's like, get rid of those things. Uh, and Paul's saying that the belt of truth is what removes the obstacles from Satan, the, the lies, the deceit, uh, when he comes to try to attack us. Uh, Hebrews 12.1 says, Wherefore lay aside every weight and the sin which just so easily beset us. Some of those things that are holding us back from getting the truth. That's what that belt of truth is for. It's for advancing. And so it's going to say, all right, get all the things out of the way that you can get to the truth and you can fight against this devil. Sometimes you hear so many things that we stumble over and that truth gets us grounded in that and makes us easy where you can advance. Uh, of course, when they do that, they'd also would help them to, for them to attack. Uh, you know, girding up one's loins or that robe that they had uh, allowed for advancing, which of course to advance, that's how you get to attacking. Uh, the belt not only held the soldier's robe, but usually that belt would hold where they put their sword. Sometimes they'd have a quiver for arrows on the side. Uh, if they were a uh, uh, bower, I can't think of the archer, <laughs> a bower. Anyways, uh, if he was an archer, they would usually have that. It is no accident that the believer's one weapon, the sword, which is the word of God, is connected to that belt of truth. And we'll get into that sword, that thing that we use to attack. All these other things are just a, a defensive things, but it's connected to truth. That word of God. And the word is the believer's only weapon when it comes to attacking the lies of Satan. And that's why it has to be grounded in truth. Sometimes we get so messed up to where we're, the way we make our decisions is not grounded in truth. It's grounded in what we feel. Like I said, I, I was praying that. And that's so true. Where uh, I feel that's the right thing. No, it's not about what you feel if it's the right thing. It's about, is this truth? Yeah. Is this the right decision? Is this right or wrong? It's not about how you feel in the, in the middle of this. It's about if this is a right or wrong uh, choice. Uh, stop making decisions based on, on feelings, but on truth. Yeah. And God uh, talks about here, this belt of truth is a thing that helps keep us grounded. Uh, also, the, the, another purpose, as I was researching this, this belt of truth, they would use this uh, for, for awarding. Uh, you know, when a soldier was rewarded for, for valor in battle, he was usually given a medal or a pin, just like we have. You know, today they have the ribbons and all the different uh, medals that you, they may wear on their chest. Uh, that's how they would, uh, since they were wearing togas, I guess they didn't want to pin them right to their chest. Anyways, I don't know, but that was just my visual of what they wore. Uh, but they would usually have it on their belt and they'd have the pins or, or whatever it may be. And, uh, those awards were the signs of, of how they did in battle that he was alive to display his medals was a testament to his skill over his enemy. You know, we don't wear, uh, hopefully you don't go around wearing medals for Bible memory on our sleeve as Christians or anything like that. We don't have like the, uh, Boy Scouts, where we have all our pins. Uh, 
that's not what we do as Christians. Now, I'm not saying they should go around. But those things, uh, what we do know that storing up the word of God in our heart is a sure defense against temptations. Uh, Psalms 119 says, the word, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. There's things that we are pinning on where we're holding on to that truth. Where we say, all right, this is evidence of things I've done in the past. This is evidence of the battles that I've won against Satan. This is the things that I've done. So since I've done that in the power of God, I'm going to continue to do the same thing. And here's what I've done in the past, and I'll continue to do the same things. And that truth that we have. Uh, so the purpose of that belt is for advancing, for attacking. Uh, then we see the power of that belt. You know, the two uh, aspects of the power of the belt of truth, first off, is, is God's truth. And it's that truth of God. Um, Richard, I can't remember if I have, uh, I, don't, I don't have John 14 in there. But if you turn to, um, uh, yeah, if you turn to John 14, uh, John 14, uh, I'm, you go forward, Richard, you're, you're forward, uh, the way that's person. Uh, 1 John, towards the back, uh, sorry, I said 1 John, John 14, John 14, I'm sorry, just the book of John and the Gospels of John, all right, Gospel of John. We see, first off, what the, the power of the belt is, uh, that truth that it is, the truth of God. You know, the, the debate for truth is rampant in our world today. Uh, every time something gets posted on Facebook, it's like fact check under the bottom. And whether or not that is even the fact checks get fact checked, who knows? Uh, you know, uh, thankfully, uh, you know, that's one thing that you can do is you can put down uh, your phone or whatever if you, you get all caught up in that social media stuff. Uh, I said timers. Whether or not I always keep by those timers where it like shuts off my app is a whole other story. Uh, but I try. Uh, you know, the debate, the debate for truth though is rampant. Uh, some say that there are three ways to delineate truth. Some would say the first way is the traditional view, that truth exists independently. Uh, truth is just waiting to be discovered, and it exists independently. Other ways people say it's, uh, the second view is it's relative, relativism, where truth is defined by each individual as he sees it. Again, terrible way to define truth. Uh, and the third way is that uh, postmodern position that truth doesn't exist. It must be created by each individual. Again, all those are focused on themselves and not actually what truth actually is. Uh, obviously, Christians should rely on the first truth. Truth is objective. Truth is eternal. Truth is independent of man's interpretation. We should understand that truth comes from God. Jesus said, I am, if you look in John 14, 6, it says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. That truth is what, where we come from. Everything that we base our life on ought be based off the truth of God and God's truth. You know, man's opinion about truth changes nothing about truth. So what if you're, this is your opinion that doesn't change the truth? Uh, you know, they always say you can't argue with facts. Uh, you can argue with opinions all day long, but you can't argue with facts. And uh, opinion doesn't make a difference, with, with, uh, doesn't change the truth. Since truth originates in God and is eternally true, uh, opinions don't matter. You know, we can discover but not create truth. And that's why we ought to be continually searching the scriptures. Uh, truth remains truth regardless of our opinion of it. You know, uh, and, and some people think maybe it's arrogant for Christians to speak of truth as absolute. Uh, it may be uh, to speak that it's revealed through the living and written word of God. And uh, that's fine if you say it about me. I, it's not going to change it. Uh, we are simply taking God at his word. And I will live that way. Uh, my life is based in the word of God. It's not always lived in the word of God, it is based in the word of God as much as I try to live by the word of God. Uh, now, whether or not I do is a whole other story. But, uh, you know, um, I believe truth is what we need more than anything else. People don't need warm and fuzzy. They need truthful and accurate. 
sometimes people want to just be nice. You know, it may be in, in churches. It's not about making people feel good. It's about giving them the truth. Sometimes the truth is comforting. We understand that. I, I love the truth that I find the word of God is comforting to my soul. And that's true. Sometimes the truth, though, is convicting. It's in your face. Sometimes you got to recognize that yourself, whether it be uh, personally, whether it be spiritually. Sometimes it's, you know, you look in the mirror and realize, yeah, I'm as ugly as I look. Uh, and that's the truth. You got to, sometimes we just think that we're better than looking than we are. And it's the same way spiritually. So we don't want to admit that there's wrong in our life. We don't want to admit that we're not perfect. Uh, we view ourselves that way many times, but we're not. Uh, people need truth. They need accuracy. They need to know exactly who they are and who God is and how they can be brought back in that relation with him. <clears throat> Understand who they are that separates us from God. Uh, and they need to know that truth about Satan. They need to know the truth about spiritual warfare so they can understand why these battles are happening in our life. If you don't know who Satan is and what he's doing, you can't see that. And uh, our world is full of, of confusion, of missteps, of false starts because people don't know the truth. They don't know how to interpret it. They don't know how to discern it. They don't know how to understand what's happening to them or to the world around them. And, uh, you know, as a Christian, studying the Bible, it should be a lifelong task. You know, there's things that I continue to learn that I don't completely understand and I still don't completely understand, but I'm still learning the word of God and understanding more of the truth that's found in here. You can understand the decisions that people are making in this world. Uh, and we know the truth. Uh, you can prepare yourself to defend. Attacks. You know, Satan uh, just went and fasted 40 days, which is crazy. You know, we're like, I can do one day for this 70 days of fasting. Uh, but imagine 40 days of fasting uh, that he just did. And of course, Satan came as soon as he finished that. He knew that he was tired. He knew that he was weary. And he couldn't physically probably keep up with the devil. The devil came and tempted him. And Jesus' only defense against that temptation was knowledge of the word of God. He knew Satan knows the word of God. We talked about that last week. And he's going to twist it. He's going to mess it up. But Jesus' defense was a truth found in the word of God. But when tempted by the devil, Jesus resisted those temptations. These, all of his truths came from Deuteronomy there that he quoted. It was his knowledge of truth that allowed him to recognize and resist Satan. And uh, every good Christian must constantly ask himself this question. What does the Bible say about this? What does the Bible say about that? Is this truth based on the word of God? Is someone feeling based on what the world says? Uh, and it all be based on everything. You know, if you look through the Gospels and Acts, we find uh, Jesus and the apostles very much using the word of God. They had committed so much to make They were quit in teaching and ministry. Uh, you know, he, the hour you're going to ever memorize their Bible, uh, it'd be weird. I don't know if anybody ever take time. There was someone where I like, I would, he quoted a whole book of get up in like a chapter, and then they'd sing a song, and he'd go up and quote another chapter. So uh, whatever that is, 22, 21, 22, 21, 21, 22. Don't mess with me. I'm up here. All right. 20-something uh, chapters. You're messing up. Uh, and he ordered the whole thing from memory. Now, that's that's a difficult thing to do. And this guy, of course, he was single, so he had nothing else to do. All right. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, and, so, and not even being. All right. So, uh, the quote thing, that's not like what we're going to do, but we have to have intimate knowledge with the word of God. We're famous to what you have to do that. You need to know, uh, either word, know how to find it, have it in your, uh, God's perspective, simply face if we know the truth of Scripture, victims uh, waiting to happen. We're prime targets for Satan. If he says, "Ah, you don't know the truth, I'm going to attack you. If you don't know the truth of God, Satan makes it uh, your easy victim for him. In order to gain that kind of knowledge, we have to be students of the Word. Whether in church, whether in Sunday school, in personal Bible study, through reading based on solid Scripture, through memorization, through taking on the Word of God. Thinking, uh, thinking over in your mind throughout the day. Uh, we meditate. That one of its uh, commands is to meditate on that Word of God. You know, our mind must be filled with God's truth so that if it's filled with God's truth, the Holy Spirit can quicken that truth in our hearts. In the moment of need. It may be in a time uh, while waiting, you, the truth comes to you. You know, if mind are, are a vacuum, where the truth says ready, and we fill it with God's truth. If you have truth against you, 
say holds you. It's an empty and it's gonna be able to empty. Satan's lies is gonna be filled in there. And uh, now Richard's caught up to where we're at, right? You figured out where we're at. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place, Richard. Why did Paul write his letters? Uh, you know, the different letters that he wrote to the churches. Certainly he wrote them to address maybe questions or circumstances that were in each church. But I think above all, it was so that new Christians, uh, especially in these churches, would be firmly grounded in truth. He's, here's all the information. Here's more stuff. Here's some warnings. Here's a church. I'll give you letters. You need more. And he gave truth. He pounded and pointed bastards. We put it in that old church already knew. You know, they came through for uh, to their best defense against the people preaching the gospel would be a thorough knowledge of God's truth. Churches that do not consistently teach their members the truth of God's word are doing them great disservice. Wait for this uh, church we have here, where the word of God is open. It's not anything like this, oh God. There's like a lot of scriptures. Yes, yeah, so we need to be grounded in truth. And uh, if we don't get up, see the truth, we cover all those. Everything need to be for spiritual warfare. Knowledge of scripture is the foundational cornerstone to that victory. Uh, so we see God's truth and we see the truth that's in us. So far, the truth that we've been talking about is the truth that's out there. Or the truth that's there. Uh, the objective word of God. Uh, we know the truth, the truth of God. Uh, there's another thing to the truth that's in here. The subjectivity of truth is a uh, truth that's our life. Where they're bringing that to uh, reflect. Uh, if you look back to Ephesians 6, let me read this again to you. Uh, Ephesians 6, this verse we said here. To stand, therefore, in your loins, girt out with truth. And uh, in other words, have the truth about, uh, about God that we've gotten from Skirt. Because us to be uh, true people, even pegged. If we fled the devil, uh, just after Ephesians 4, verse 27, he says, neither give place to the devil. If we give place to the devil, we're giving him an opportunity to gain influence. If we give him a place in our life, uh, we, we give him a place when we harbor break something in heart, something in our mind, something in our eyes, that's God's truth. That we're giving God a uh, devil place. And Paul doesn't place to him. That's the thing that's a count. If we're allowing, uh, we ought to be allowing God to have all the kernel and all the fleshly and all the worldly attitudes and beliefs. Uh, if we don't, we're giving place to the devil. We're literally setting ourselves up for the fear. We're saying, hey, Satan, come on right here. You can have this place in my heart. You can have this place in my mind. You have this here dwell. Uh, hang out. Uh, camp with me. But I take truth. Uh, but I love the fact, no matter what Satan can throw at me, uh, God has a way powerful than me. Third, uh, verse 4 says, uh, you know, I says, I have no greater joy to hear that my children walk in truth. And uh, John here, uh, this or in this chapter, he didn't write that he knows the truth, but walk in the truth. When we allow the truth of God to be in our lives and we walk in that truth, that's when we can defeat the, the Satan. When we battle with Satan, we cannot be a pretender. We can't act like we are righteous. You know, you've seen so many people put on a show. Like, all right, you're just putting on the Christian on Sunday and then, bro, I work with you. I know what you're like. You know, that's a different thing. That's, that's what he's seen here. We have not just pretend to be this thing. It's the pun, Lord's Christ, walk in truth. And uh, be very, you know, I've had a pun. Uh, say once or twice in my life. I know it's more than in my life. I didn't live a life of a Christian, especially a leader. But the person not out uh, that deserving of honor and deserving of respect turned out to be living a double-minded life, professing Christ on one hand, but living sin on the other. You know, uh, you know my disappointment that I had wasn't a matter of me judging those years. It's a matter of using what I want to test my own person. Uh, uh, they were in life. And, uh, you know, we cannot fed walking truth in lies. Verse 6, 6 says, We say we that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness. We lie and do not the truth. Truth. Uh... Truth is a big thing we got to have. You know, uh, if we don't base our life in truth, uh, God, it's he's telling us here that we're going to lose out on these battles. You know, in a conversation with Jewish leaders uh, back in his day, Jesus was asked, which of you uh, convinced, convinced me of sin? Uh, he says that in John 8. Uh, and they said, you know, uh, none of you. There's no one that says that you have sinned. And there was no place in Jesus' life where he could be accused of inconsistency or, or untruth. When he said, I am the truth, 
He very much lived that. He also proved it by living truthfully, living with integrity, living with honesty, living with transparency. Uh, Jesus was girdled with the truth. Uh, you know, a half dozen times in Paul's letters, he gives up this thing about living in truth. We cannot enter spiritual battle with a guilty conscience or or with uh, the or sorry with a with a uh, wrong conscience. We got to live in truth. Um, you know, one last spot here. Um, I have turn, turn to Psalms one thirty nine. This is his last verse here, and you know when we uh, we have to allow God to to reveal things in our life, to reveal the wrong, uh, to live the right way. You know, I mentioned that that leader that lived in a double minded way, or or uh, he was not living in truth. That's for sure. Uh, David, the psalmist, the king of Israel, uh, he took truthfulness uh, approach to his life. This was most likely after being called out uh, for his covering up of his dual sins of murder and adultery. And he, of course, learned from that. Psalms 139, we ought to learn from that. We ought to learn from the wrong that we have in our life and confess it and then forsake it. And that's what uh, David was here. It's Psalms 139 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. No, he wanted God to uncover and reveal whatever hidden sins might be in his heart. He knew he couldn't fulfill the responsibilities of his life if he wasn't living a truthful life. If we're to fight off the fiery darts of the devil, we have to be grounded in truth. And that truth sometimes reveals things in our life that we don't like. Sometimes it reveals the wrong that we're living. Uh, And this is a good prayer that every follower of Christ should pray. Show me, God, what I can't see with my own eyes. This is what David was saying here. God, search me. God, please reveal wrongness in my life. Sometimes I can't see it. Sometimes I, there's faults that I'm doing that I don't even recognize that I'm doing. Sometimes there's a way I'm treating people that I don't even realize I'm treating them wrong. God, reveal that to me. Sometimes there's a way that I'm living my life, God, that I'm not even realizing that I'm allowing wrong and allowing place to the devil in my life. God, I need your truth to reveal the wrong in my life. And so I'm living a life more honoring to you. And God is looking for people uh, whose hearts are loyal to him, people who he can show himself to, and he can only reveal himself through truth. And uh, I'm not going to get through all these notes, but you know, if we see here, the very it's not coincidence, the very first thing uh, is that truth uh, that we ought to be grounded in. And uh, when we'll talk more about this where our spiritual battle lasts, but um, the primary weapon is truth, by which our mind is renewed and strengthened. Romans 12 talks about that, but we need the, the truth that's in us. And... Um, Belt of truth. Anyways, we'll close with any prayer requests. Um, any, any, any prayer requests that anybody?